What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Sideline. It is me, Akamrish, as always, joined by Daniel. Uh, it's been a little bit since we did our last podcast, about a month now, but you guys should definitely check that one out. It was really fun. I had my friend Anushan, and uh, it is only on Spotify it's as, as it's only audio, but uh, definitely be sure to check that out. And we are back. Uh, the NBA is in full swing now. We're almost close to halfway through the season, and uh, we thought we'd just go over some of the interesting topics that have been around the league. Uh, so, you know, kind of jumping into that, Anthony Davis uh, has been re-injured uh, for the Lakers, which is kind of not a surprise anymore. I feel like that happened last season and the season before that. You know, ever since he's come to L.A., injury and like health has been a big thing for him. But uh, with four minutes and 34 seconds left remaining in the first quarter of a uh, matchup against the Denver Nuggets last Friday, Davis tweaked his right foot while in the air against Nikola Jokic. And while he did play a little bit in the second quarter, he didn't really make any impact. And in the second half, he just didn't return. Uh, the Lakers did rally and they beat the Nuggets 128 to 106, which is quite surprising considering, you know, the Nuggets are a good playoff team with the two-time MVP leading them. But uh, honestly, the news that Davis is injured again just kind of ruins that victory. Um, and so the consensus now is that Davis is going to be out for about a month with a foot injury. And, you know, that's that's really bad for the Lakers, I think, uh, just objectively. You don't want your star player to, to be out, especially when he was playing at such a high MVP level um, over the past few weeks. And, you know, we were saying that he really found himself um, and that the Lakers, you know, maybe might have, like, started to right the ship after, you know, a disastrous 2-10 start. But, uh, Daniel, what are your thoughts on this? And, like, how does it hurt the Lakers' chances of, you know, kind of making that playoff run? Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, Anthony Davis, he was, you know, putting up really good numbers, um, right before his injury. I mean, I remember he put up like 53 or something, uh, something around that one game. Yeah. Um, so he definitely impacted the team and they got a lot of really good wins and they had a few losses, but they're, most of them were pretty close. Um, so Anthony Davis is definitely their best player right now. Um, so it will be an, it, it will be hard for them to kind of come back from this, but then you're going to have to see jumps from guys like, you know, Lonnie Walker, um, you know, LeBron, um, um, Austin Reeves. Um, so all the younger guys um, can get more minutes and they can try to make an impact, which, um, ultimately, I mean, it, it, could, it could actually be good for them. Um, but yeah, if you lose a star player, it's never, it's never good. In, yeah, I don't know. Like, like... The, the thing is, like, I see it, it's going to be hard for them. I feel like it's hard for me to see them beating. Like, remember when they beat the Bucks and Davis had. Yeah. I don't think they're going to ha- be able to, like, beat teams like the Bucks like that um, with Davis out. And, you know, we're already halfway through the season and the Lakers do still have a losing record at 13 and 17. So it's like. Davis being out for this month, it's not terrible because, you know, a lot of their – they play, like, the Wizards, the Pacers, the Suns, the Hawks, the Heat, who are all teams with like that are not very good. So, you know, they can still rattle out a few wins over, until the end of December. But it's, like, it's still a little bit scary because if Davis is out, like, January or even into February or something, I don't see the Lakers, like, making a push to even the play-in because he was their star player. He was their number one option, and they were playing their best ball when he was the guy – dominating getting those 30 point uh 10 rebound their 30 point double doubles every night so i think it's a little bit scary and do you do you think like that that should like cause the lakers to consider you know should we still make that buddy healed trade um 
you know, to kind of try and win out now? Or is it like not worth it because Davis is injured? Like, should they say, you know, let's just wait another season, I guess. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, it's not, that trade isn't necessarily centered around Anthony Davis, but if you want to trade, I mean, Russell Westbrook, he's averaging 14 and a half points, six rebounds, eight assists. So he's putting up like decent numbers. And we've seen a lot of games where he's, you know, Russell Westbrook, like he's proved himself a little bit that he's, you know, that. Yeah, people, like that. Like he had the triple double versus the Wizards. That was good. Yeah, like that, like the, his allegations or people people's allegations of him aren't actually true. But I mean, Buddy Hewitt's, I mean, he's a great shooter. I mean, obviously one of the best in the league. Um, and then some they were talking about Buddy Heald and like Miles Turner. Um, I think Miles Turner, but Buddy Heald is, is putting up more points, but 18 points per game. And the Pacers have been a pretty good this year. I mean, they're, I mean, as of right now, they're on track to you know make the playoffs. I mean, they're they have a winning record, so um, they're supposed to be strong. So I don't know if the Pacers would want to give up Buddy Heald for Russell Westbrook in this case, where the Pacers yeah. have a better chance of making the playoffs than they do. Yeah, and also, like, you're just giving away more picks, I feel like, and I don't know if you really want to do that anymore. I think, like, unless Anthony Davis is for sure coming back in, like, three weeks, I think it's, like, I think they should hold off on the on that trade until, you know, the last possible moment, because here's the here's the issue with the with the Lakers, right? LeBron, we, all, we, we know LeBron is old, they don't have any draft picks. Their young talent is kind of limited. It's like Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves. Kendrick Nunn has been a complete dud, so he's obviously not going to be in that mix. And then, you know, you're supposed to be built around Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis barely plays, like, half the games every season. So you can't build around someone who's, like, not available. Yeah. Um. So it just kind of – it's like a tough position for the Lakers, I feel like. And so at this point in the season, I would say you continue to wait out on making that trade. You kind of hope LeBron can pull some magic – and, you know, get them a few wins that, or, until Davis is, uh, you know, healthy again. But I think pulling that trade right now is just too risky, especially considering that you're giving up more picks. And, like, let's if, – if Anthony Davis isn't back, like, in April and you've made this trade, then it's pointless because you're not winning the title without Anthony Davis fully healthy playing at MVP level. Don't you agree? Yeah. But also I think the Lakers, I mean, we've talked about it for so long. Their roster is mostly centered around veterans. I mean, obviously LeBron, Anthony Davis. I mean, who's he, who's actually young, younger, but he's becoming a veteran. Russell Westbrook, yeah. Patrick Beverly, you know, Dennis Schroeder. Um, so I mean, looking at their roster, I mean, some of their young guys. I mean, who have showed a little bit, like you just you just said, Lonnie Walker and Austin Reeves, and there's Thomas Bryant, Troy Brown Jr., Wenyan Gabriel. So I think they have plenty of young guys in their team. I just think they would have to, I mean, if you would have to deal with this injury and you would continue losing games, I mean, you, you can have an option of trying to make the play in and then trying to go to the foot to the playoffs. But honestly, if they could try to go for a pick in the draft next year, because their issue has been injuries and they don't, and they're not good at dealing with them. So if someone gets yeah. injured, they don't have backup guys who can fill in fill in their spot easily. I don't know an well, example. It's also, it's also really hard to replace Anthony Davis. Like you I mean, can't yeah, really that's replace true. thirty and twelve. Yeah, but at least somebody who can do at least half of what he does, and I mean, at least impact the team, not just scoring, but everything else. But I mean, yeah, like one team, one team that does a really good job with that is like the Warriors. Like I mean, right now Curry's injured. You know, Jordan Poole has been putting up like insane numbers, so he's definitely been helping them, but. 
yeah i mean if someone gets injured it's 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 about you know the other star players or at least the better players stepping up and then also the guys who are going to get more minutes like the people who are more on the bench like you know making a bigger impact for the team yeah for sure and so the lakers they definitely have a lot to figure out especially with this injury um things are definitely a lot more confusing for them but a team that has been figuring it out is the brooklyn nets you know my team my hometown team right there they i'm proud to say i'm <laughs> my team, it's, my team, it's we, not your team we know that they are my team you're a Lakers. We are, <laughs> i was i like lebron i was never a lakers fan though. okay the brooklyn nets have been figuring it out since Kyrie Irving's return from his suspension and all that controversy the nets are 12 and 3 uh with the record overall of now 19 and 12 which is good for fourth in the east um, you know, their schedule's been very light. It's been like the magic. They've been beating the magic Wizards, Pacers, Raptors, Blazers, like teams that are not 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 the best in the league. Some of them are some of them are okay, but definitely not the cream of the crop. <laughs> <laughs> the Raptors. But That's um, funny. you know, you know, they've they've been they've <laughs> definitely been better than they were before. Like before it was a question if if they would even beat like a team like the Wizards. Or the Pacers, uh, but they've been doing it pretty convincingly over the past few weeks. Um, and in that span, Kevin Durant's been averaging 30 points on 60% field goal and 37% from three. And Kyrie Irving's been averaging 25, almost 26 a game, uh, four rebounds, four assists on 51, 37, and 90 from the free throw line. Uh, so how impressive, like on a scale from one to 10, how would you rank this Nets turnaround uh, so far? Because, you know, they, were, they had a losing team. If you remember, Katie was coming out and he was saying like, no disrespect to my teammates, but disrespectfully, we can't win with my teammates. Remember, <laughs> um, he was like, yeah, "We have Rosa O'Neal in the starting lineup. We can't, we can't play with that. I can't play yeah. with that." Um, but you know, they've kind of turned around from that to now, you know, being a legitimate playoff contender and yeah. having the best record in the East over the past few weeks. So, how impressive on a scale from one to ten has that turnaround been? I mean, on probably, I mean, probably, I mean, I'm not gonna say ten, but probably eight or nine yeah. because I mean. Kyrie Irving, I mean, since, since his suspension, he's really stepped up. I mean, I was able to witness the Raptors lose four games to the Nets this year. So, yeah. Um, and, and Kyrie Irving scored a game winner. But one guy in particular that I think deserves more like praise is U- Utah Watanabe. Um, because a few years ago, he was being like, criticized, saying he's not good. Like, he, I think he was actually waived. The Raptors signed him. He wasn't so good on the Raptors. And then. Uh-huh. Um, we we waived him and, and he signed with the Nets in the offseason. And he's been the best shooter, arguably the best shooter in the league this season. He's been shooting um like 54, 55% from like three-point range, which is like the mm-hmm. highest in the NBA, which is absolutely crazy. And although his stats aren't the best, I mean, he's definitely helped the Nets in the clutch moments. Um, you know, he's had a, a couple 20-point games so here and there, but uh, he's definitely helped them with their shooting because they've had shooting problems before, especially when you had KD and Kyrie who were injured and in that playoff run where James Harden got injured and Kyrie, yeah, and also and also Ben Simmons because we used to always like make Ben Simmons as like a meme and we always say as you say he like sucks, but you know he's really made an impact. Um, in my opinion, not just shooting wise. I mean, he hasn't been shooting threes. But he's he's a, <laughs> I don't he, think he'll he, ever shoot threes. He he will never shoot threes, but he's a he's a big man, so he's in the paint. But uh, his rebounding, he's averaging nine rebounds per game, eight assists. So he's almost averaging a triple double um this year. 
Wait, actually, yeah, eight points. No, eight points over the past six. few games. Yeah, yeah, over the past like let's just say ten. Yeah, around ten games. I I'm seeing. Yeah, so he's definitely, you know, I mean, I I feel like this season there's been so many people that have been showing that they're that they're better than we think they are. Like Russell Westbrook has had a few of those instances. Ben Simmons, um, Kyrie yeah. too, honestly. Kyrie, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if the Brooklyn Nets can do something because. They also have a young yeah. roster. I mean, there's so many role players. You have Nick Claxton, who's a really good forward. You have Cam Thomas, who's honestly last season when you had those stretches of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving injured, he was very underrated in that stretch. Nobody, um, yeah. I mean, Mar- the Marquise Morris, Joe Harris, another really good shooter, Patty Mills. So they've de- they definitely have a lot of really good shooters, and they added Royce O'Neal from. Um, Utah in the offseason. So they're definitely a good team. And although they may not have a lot of experience other than like KD, Kyrie, and I guess Patty Mills and Ben Simmons, I mean, they can definitely, I think they can do something, especially in this Eastern Conference where it's super tough. If they can win their fair share of games and make the playoffs, I think they could do really good. Yeah, I would give the turnaround probably like a, I'm going to a little below, I'm going to give it like a six, honestly. Um, just because, yeah, it's really impressive. They've had a really good record, but it's like they haven't had to play the Bucks, the Celtics. They haven't had to play the Suns. They haven't played any even like even like mid tier Eastern Conference teams, which are slightly below them. They haven't really had to play any of them over the over the past few years. They haven't had to play the Knicks, the Sixers, Hawks, or um, you know even some of the Clippers, the Kings. They've kind of played lower tier teams, which are kind of in the bottom half of the standings, which the Raptors, Pacers. You know, the Wizards, Magic are all all in that section. So, I mean, they're winning against teams that they're expected to win against. And I think that's good. Um, but when they start to really play some of these more top teams, when they start to play the Suns, the Grizzlies, Pelicans, the Celtics, the Sixers, when they start to play those teams, that's when we'll really see where this next team kind of stands in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but I still I think it's really impressive. I'm glad that they're back to their winning way because I was – I thought KD was going to be gone by February at one point when he was out, when he was just outright saying like, I can't play with these teams. I can't win with my teammates. I was so worried as a Nets fan. I was like, he's, he's out of here by, by like by February, he's going to be traded. He does yeah. not want to be here. He's going to, he's, he's going to be like, he sits out the season, like a Ben Simmons thing or he's out of here. And to see kind of that, you know, this team be revitalized is so nice for me. And I think if Ben Simmons returns to like his all-star form, he's averaging like 16, eight and eight, on pretty efficient numbers. I think you have a pretty dangerous team, you know, defensive player of the year type player also on the defensive end. I think then you have a pretty dangerous team um, overall. And the Nets could definitely make some noise against someone like this, the Bucks. I think that would be a pretty good matchup for them. Yeah. Uh, I think the I think the Nets have a, a, a lot of chances in the next like couple of weeks to prove themselves because yeah. they're playing against the Warriors, although shorthanded, they're still really good because Jordan Poole, like I said, he's been um, doing well with Steph Curry out. And then you have, obviously, everybody else. They're playing the Bucks. They're playing the Cavs. That's going to be a big Hawks. game. Yeah. So, I mean, Nets-Bucks will be really entertaining. You're going to have the Cavs. You're going to have the Hawks. I mean, you have the Hornets who aren't as good. The Spurs. Then you have the Bulls, Pelicans, Heat, Celtics. So, they have plenty of chances to prove themselves. And I think Although, I mean, everyone's going to rely on, like, KD and Kyrie to have big games. Like, it would be cool if somebody else, like, I don't know, Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas. Steps if they can, up, like, yeah. Steps up, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, kind of moving on now to a little, a little, little different topic. Um, the NBA released – they completely changed their awards. Um, and Not completely changed. Like They redesigned and renamed a lot of their awards. So uh, they revealed these major changes to their end-of-season awards uh, earlier last week. So the MVP has been renamed to be the Michael Jordan Trophy. The Defensive Player of the Year is now the Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy. Rookie of the Year is named after Wilt Chamberlain. The Sixth Man of the Year is the John Havlicek Trophy. The Most Improved Player of the Year is the George Mikan Trophy. And they've added in a new award for the Clutch Player of the Year, which is going to be named after Jerry West. And all the trophies have also been redesigned, where the Michael Jordan Trophy is just is kind of an image of Jordan now, as opposed to that older MVP trophy with like Jerry West dribbling like the NBA logo. Um, and then the other five awards all are kind of like this cup base type glass cup that's see-through. And then inside is like a gold figure of each, like a, a famous pose from every player. So like Hakeem, it's like a defensive stance for, well, it's him holding the two basketballs and, you know, just things like, and John Havlicek is him shooting. So it's just all the trophies have kind of been redesigned and renamed. And I personally, I really like this. Um, I like the renaming at least. Uh, the redesigns, I'm not the biggest fan, but <laughs> I'm glad they're renamed because, like, I think it just, like, commemorates older players for future generations. So, like, we'll remember who George Mikan is, who John Havlicek is, you know, later down the line, even though they haven't been playing for almost, you know, 70, 80 years now. Um, not 70, 80 years, but, you know, a, a quite a few decades. So I think I think it's a good way to commemorate a lot of the greats from the past um, by doing this. Yeah. What are your thoughts on these awards? I mean, the awards are, I mean, I, I yeah, I'll same here. Like, I liked how they uh, renamed the awards. Um, and each one sort of has a meaning, uh, not just most valuable player, but you can look at, like, players who, like, achieved it and who are really good at when, I mean, defensive player of the year, Akima Wajwan is, like, one of the best defenders of all time. Rookie of the year, Will Chamberlain is just, he's just him. Um, but <laughs> yeah. six, six, six man of the year, John Havlicek. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I love the names. I mean, the trophies are like, I mean, I think, I mean, the trophies were nice before because I mean they 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 didn't really change them for so long, um. But I mean, we we'll see. I mean, I, they look oh they they're okay. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I don't really. I'm not worried about like the the, the trophies to, as much as like the awards. But um, but then early predictions. I mean, for each of the awards, um. I mean, it's been about two months into the season, and we've seen a lot of really good performances. Um, yeah. So, uh, I think we can start from like we can go over the three awards: most improved defensive player of the year and um, MVP lad and MVP award. Sure. Um, so, for most improved, I mean, I'm looking at a few ladders that people have made, just some of their opinions, and I and I agree with one of these. So. Um, so there's five people in particular, and I mean, I can just tell you the names and you can like, um, tell me if you agree with it or not. But so at number five, sure. at number five, they put Bobo from the Orlando Magic. Yes, 100% agree. Yeah, because he's been super dominant. He's been, he's uh, 13.5 points per game, eight rebounds. He's been showing his length, um, taking like really big strides to the court. 
Um, then you have literally and physically. Yeah, I know it's it's so funny. You just he's, I can't he, believe the Nuggets passed up on him. That was anyway. Yeah, yeah but they have Anthony Simons um, yes, talking about agreed. last last week he averaged thirty points per game, six assists, three rebounds. So you know he dropped forty five points on one of the games. So he's definitely he's definitely a really big asset for the Blazers. Um, and if in any case, if Damian Lillard is injured, then I think he could definitely, if he, if he, you know, needs to step up, then um, he definitely could because his three point shooting is really good. Obviously, not as good as Damian Lillard's, but really good. Um, and then you have Roy Markinen, who's definitely, I mean, like he's going to be my candidate for the rest of the year because he's he's a big reason why the Utah Jazz are still a franchise. So he's been, yeah, he's been averaging 23, three and nine, which is really good for him considering that, you know, last year he was on, um, he was on the Cavs and um, the Cavs were supposed to be good with Dominic Mitchell, but then obviously you, they included Ori Markin in that trade. So um, he wasn't able to experience the strong team, but the Jazz are looking pretty good this year, so. Yeah, I think I'll put him there. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think Laurie Markin is definitely number one. You know, considering what they're they're not they're not number one seed in the West like they were in the beginning of the season. Nobody really expects them to kind of be there, but yeah. they're definitely a very solid team, exceeding expectations. I don't know what they're doing because Victor Wenmanyama is better than getting the like the eighth seed in the playoffs, personally. But um, you know, very solid team, and Laurie Markin has definitely taken a step up and kind of finally shown why he was worth the lottery pick to Chicago all those years ago. Uh, for the defensive player of the year, honestly, that's a hard one. Who would you have as your top, Daniel? Non-biased. Yeah, non-biased. Not 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 five Raptors players. <laughs> so, Freddie, Tascas, Siakam, Scotty, no, okay. Um <laughs> So I have two players because I think they're equally good. Brooke Lopez and OG Ananobi, and that's non-biased at all. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that, actually. Because OG Ananobi, he averages four deflections per game. He he averages he recovers two loose balls per game. He's averaging a bunch of rebounds. Obviously, he just came back from injury, but he, he's at, he, there's a stretch where for four games, he averaged like six or seven steals, which is crazy. Um, and he's a big reason why our defense is good because I went to the Raptors Warriors game and without him, our defense was really bad. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. he can definitely change the mode of the game with defense. And then Brick Lopez is, I mean, he's fit for defense because of his size. He's like seven foot one. He's a center. He, he leads the leads in blocks. Um, he's, yeah, I mean, he's, um, having shooters, um, who are averaging a certain percentage against him, they're hitting 5% worse of the percentage against him. Um, so Yeah, I would. I agree. I would probably give it to Brooke, I think. <laughs> I, know you, I know you don't like that answer, but I think I'd give it to Brooke <laughs> just because just he's just been so good uh, at the rim. And, you know, at, at, he's really been the reason why the Bucks are such a good... You know, the Bucks scheme on defense is to kind of let as many three-point shots go up as possible while can, like limiting the amount of shots at the rim and Having someone like Brooke, I mean, Giannis obviously there too, but having someone like Brooke Lopez there consistently in the paint just, you know, kind of stops anybody, stops most people from, you know, shooting efficiently at the rim. So I would give it to Brooke. 
personally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, I mean, I, to be to be fair, I haven't really watched him too much this season. I've just seen a few highlights of Brooke Lopez, but yeah, I would probably agree if I kept watching him. But it's mostly big man. I mean, last year we saw Marcus Smart win it. Um, and you have Dylan yeah. Brooks. Dylan Brooks is also good for defensive. I mean, he I don't think he's as good as Brooke Lopez or OG and they'll be in terms of defense, but he's really he's made a big asset for Memphis in terms of defense. And he's really looking forward to Christmas because he gets to play the Warriors. Yeah. Um, and he and he and he had like an, an interview a few a couple of weeks ago where you know, or actually last week because you know Seth Curry got injured, so he's not going to be playing get with against them at Christmas on Christmas. And he was saying that he'll take Clay. It's okay, like he'll you know yeah. it'll be it'll be even easier or something like that. It was funny, so yeah, yeah. And then for MVP, I think it's pretty easy for me. It's Jason Tatum. The Celtics are probably the best team in the league, if not, they are the best team in the league. Tatum is averaging amazing. You know, almost 30 points per game, very efficient, leading that team to top seed in in the entire NBA. Um, they they're better than last year, and I don't. I, it's like so easy for me. I think Luca could make a case, but Dallas has just not been good as a team this year, and we know that they don't give the MVP to someone who's like an eighth or seventh seed. So I think you got to go. You got to go with Tatum for that one. I think Giannis also has you know his merits. He's averaging more points than minutes played, which is crazy. Uh, but <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> yeah but I, I think tatum could i think tatum definitely has it and you know if someone so there this is so it's so competitive but there there's some people that could sneak in i think joel and bead if the sixers the sixers have started to play really well since harden's return joel and bead could sneak in there he's leading the league in points right now he's been dominant um on both ends of the floor so i th- i think it's but i think it's tatum right now i think it's tatum yeah pretty easily i think i'd give it to tatum but i mean as the season goes on you never know but i yeah right now tatum is the i think is my clear not unanimous but clear mvp candidate like front runner i mean obviously Giannis, Jokic was really good last night with his uh, passing and his iq but sean morant kevin durant i mean i mean uh, oh morant and durant i cut that rhymes um but (laughs) No, but yeah, I mean, as the season goes on, you'll see guys like Morant, Durant, um, Doncic, <laughs> Zion, um, Zion Embiid, Steph, Anthony Davis, um, Dominic Mitchell, I think. Yes, him too. There, there's, it's gonna be a very interesting MVP race, I think. Yeah, this. I mean, so many people have emerged. I mean, Dominic Mitchell, like he was good with Jazz, but not. But this year, he's been really good for Cleveland. I mean, he's obviously their best player. I mean, he's their lineup is really, really stacked. So, yeah, yeah. the Eastern Conference is a, a lot more competitive than the West. I mean, I'm not saying the West isn't competitive, but I definitely think the East is way more competitive because you have more teams that are that weren't projected to be as good that are emerging. I mean, obviously yeah, in the West sure. you have, yeah, and also the Sacramento Kings, they're seven, sixteen and thirteen. They're sixth in the um, Western Conference as of right now. So they're also looking like one of those teams that are emerging because we didn't expect the Kings to be as good. But they're really young, and you they made a few smart changes in the offseason so the, and drafting Keegan Murray. So yeah, they're going to look really good. Yeah, so definitely, definitely very exciting. This MVP race is only going to heat up after this. So kind of to quickly wrap up, Let's just let's just rate some teams uh, on how much they're contenders. I think there's these are some very 
interesting teams to pick. But first off, our favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm putting them at a solid four for contending right now with Anthony Davis out. Where they stand. Yeah, I'm going to give them a four because with Anthony Davis out, it's going to be really hard to bounce back, especially because of their schedule coming up. Um, they've been kind of lucky with their teams in the last, like, let's just say, yeah, a lot last like couple weeks. So now they're going to play some more tougher teams, and without him, they're it's going to be very hard. They're done. Unless somebody can, yeah. I want to say Braun can go and score sixty-two again, but yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see anything crazy like that happening right now. Though LeBron, LeBron's only going to get older, but yeah. so I, I'm putting them at a four. The New York Knicks, they're very hot right now on an eight-game win streak for. To move them up. Uh, I mean, contenders. I mean, if, if we're talking championship, I mean, they don't really have much experience. So I'm not going to, I think, in terms of going deep or make, let's say making the playoffs, probably like a six or a seven because they've looked really hot and their team's super balanced. I mean, yeah. You had Julius Randle. You have, you know, you know, if Randall, you have Archie Barrett, who's super young and really good so far. Jer- um, Jalen Brunson. Top in, Jalen Brunson. Yeah. But I'm putting them, in. I'm, I kind of disagree. I'm going to put them at like a three, if not lower. Because here's one thing you have to know if Julius Randall is leading your team, you are not making it that far at all. So, you know, they're yeah, hot true. right now. Like this, them being, them going on this win streak is probably going to secure them a playoff spot. But there, I, I, there's just no way I see them being the Cavs, the Bucks, the yeah. Celtics, the Sixers. Like, there's just no way any like if you, even if you put like the Raptors in the playoffs, I did not see the the Knicks beating the Raptors personally. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't see it happening. So I'm like the Lakers at least, you know, Anthony Davis being healthy, LeBron being healthy, you know what they do. So they could probably make some noise even if their record is kind of lower. But like. We've never seen Julius Randle win multiple championships, win an MVP, you know? So I don't think we can put, like, we can't put the Knicks anywhere close to championship contenders. Um, yeah, they're not I contenders think, I think for championship. Three. I think, they can, I think they're, they're going to, they, they have a really high chance of making the playoffs, but I think going past yeah. the first round is going to be really tough considering the whole Eastern Conference. Exactly, yeah. Like, right now, they'd be matched against, they would be matched up against, uh, the Cavs and this, I just don't see them beating the Cavs in like ninety nine percent. The Cavs are really dominant, so they're not beating them. Exactly. Yeah. Next team is the Toronto Raptors. This is gonna be a very interesting one because I feel like you and I will disagree a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna give a ten. No, <laughs> no. Um, Easily. I mean, making the I think playoffs will. I think even playoffs will be really hard for the Raptors. Yeah. It's just because Siakam's been injured so much, right? They've had a lot of injuries to their team. Yeah, not just Siakam, but Ananobi and Shren have been injured. I mean, I think give credit to like Van Vliet and Siakam because they've both been playing really well. But in terms of championship, it's no okay. Championship is like a two, or like yeah, something. I like give a it a two. two, two out of ten. <laughs> but like, but playoffs is like a even playoffs. Like playoffs is like a five. Yeah. I'm playing five right now because the Eastern Conference I, is just so big, like difficult. The, the, the Eastern Conference has been, has improved so much in the past few years, and our defense is a joke. If you don't, if you don't, if we don't have Ananobi and Trent, who are two best defenders, and coincidentally they're both out. So I mean, Ananobi just came back, but he's not playing at his top form yet, just because. So our defense is a joke. 
our offense is is actually like 21st in the league. So that's also not that oh, good. Yeah. But I mean yesterday or not yesterday, day before yesterday. I mean, we lost the Sixers in overtime, but they didn't have Tyrese Maxey, who is their best scorer, other than Joel. I mean, I mean, is obviously. There. I said, I said, other than I mean, not, in, <laughs> not instead. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't think, or I mean, I think playing we could do. I mean, we're the tenth seed right now. If we can get our, all our players back, we're, we're, we have a very tough schedule. I mean, we're playing the Knicks tonight. In Madison Square Garden, so that's that's gonna be a tough toughie. Yeah. Then we're playing, we're playing the um, Cavs, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Suns. Oh my, that's a nightmare. Yeah, the there's. Pace, I the, don't see the Raptors the, making the the Pacers <laughs> the, noise the, right now. The Pacers, the Bucks, the Knicks. Okay, so we're not gonna win a game until like Charlotte in like January tenth. <laughs> Unless we have like yeah, okay, that's okay, 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 we'll we'll have one good game and we'll win, but there's no way. Yeah. I we I, we need to. I think our goal for this for the rest of the year is to during the trade deadline, Masai Jiri has to um, make some changes. Or, I mean, try to honestly our bench. Yeah, our bench. I mean, I think our goal in the off season was to was to like make have more depth and, and especially in our bench and our bench is bad right now i i don't see anybody really standing out other than chris boucher who's been coming here and there but i think clear some like some of our bench players and try to get picks or try to get some yeah. like okay some decent players who can at least make some sort of an impact um because if you look if you have like we had ananobi and trent okay there's two starters but our starting lineup had juancho hernan gomez and christian coloco and Christian Kogos our rookie, and he was like second round pick or something like that. So you cannot have that as our starting lineup with only two guys injured. So yeah, and expect we need to, to like you know yeah have expect, a championship yeah, or like playoffs. Ex- expect, right? Yeah, ex- expect to beat the Bucks and the Clippers and the Grizzlies <laughs> and everybody. Like we need yeah, so we need to make some changes. I mean, I've read tons of news with saying every, like a lot of teams are interested in OG and Anobi because of his defense, because of Gary Trent Jr. I mean, obviously, I yeah. I mean, I, OG and is really good, so I wouldn't want to let him go. But if some team makes like a really good offer and gives us like a ton of really, like a ton of like, you know, like good role players for OG and some picks, I'm kind of tempted for that because there was a rumor that if OG and Anobi was to get traded, like the deal that that would be made for him would be like as big as like the, the deal made for like Donovan Mitchell. He's at the time Donovan Mitchell wasn't as good as he is now. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we could make some trade like that. Unless our GM is stupid again and trades away like Siakam, like he traded away Norman Powell in 2020. But he can do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so um I think um that's a good area. Um, to wrap up the podcast for those who aren't aware um we created a new instagram account um it's at um views ft side on instagram um and on spotify we have the same account so make sure to go um listen to listen to a few podcasts on spotify like a said we have an all audio 
podcast with him and his friend, which was actually funny. So um, make sure you guys. <laughs> so, um, Thanks, sure you guys I really appreciate that, that compliment. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but um, yeah, make sure to go check that out. Um, make sure to subscribe to YouTube and comment down below if you guys want us to discuss anything else in the future. Um, and with yeah, that, and we're definitely going to have a lot more Instagram content also uh, coming up for sure. Yeah. So expect more of that. And with that being said, guys, me and Nathan, we'll see you guys in the next podcast.